Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. At the time of recording, it is pretty much the second day that I am officially a prep coach UK. Um, however, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, I've had some trouble changing the logo um, of this podcast. Uh, hopefully, I just fixed it there, and hopefully it's changed in the next 24 hours. By the time that you open this and listen to this, hopefully it should say Give It The Beans, and it should have prep coach UK in there, opposed to Vida Physique. It's like, uh, Apple Podcasts require specific like dimensions and file size, whereas Podbean, which is the uh, platform I use, well, you, it doesn't really matter, I upload on that, and then Spotify automatically uploads this. If you're listening on Spotify, so already probably is uploaded for you, but that was uh, going off tangent, I was long-winded. We are, at this moment, six days away from uh, the first show of the season, and uh, I can't fucking wait. Um, it's going to be incredible. A lot of the team are looking shit hot. There, there's been a couple of um, clients that... Uh, I've, I've, pretend, I've had to pull out, um, unfortunately, when my client shouted to Louise, was looking spot on, um, snapped a, a bone in her finger, need some reconstructive surgery, um, but hey, you know, she's down, she's now, she's going to be later on the season, um, another client of mine was also in a car crash and I had to pull out of a show, her shows in May, so um, you know, these are obviously life things that you can't control, however, um, their time will come, I'm sure, but you know, for those that are competing in six days' time, I just can't fucking wait. By the time that this podcast has been published, uh, they will have already uh, competed. So, go and check out the Instagram um, for the the latest results of what they have achieved. But the launch and the rebrand went incredibly well. Um, but business as of usual for you guys, for your listeners, um, which is today talking about. I guess you could call it training frequency. You can call it like designing the best split for you and I'm just kind of wanting to talk about or get rid of some maybe perhaps social norms that you've maybe have have got from bodybuilding and things that maybe back in the day that I thought were absolutes and the number one thing I'll talk about is you don't have to train five days a week or five out of seven days and I think this was something that I struggled to um come to terms with um, I, you know you've heard me do podcasts in the past about you know dropping from 5 to 4 or 4 to 3 or whatever but today's episode is going to be more so a discussion about a split that has no like looking at a 7 day right um, and or X amount of 7 days it's going to be more so looking at just from a recovery perspective um from like what what you're doing volume wise over the course of say a couple weeks opposed to just one and i'm going to give you a couple examples and i'm first going to use my client big joe as an example for those of you who don't know uh joe he is uh, an absolute unit of a man um about five foot six or five foot seven but 274 pounds i think we clocked uh last week or the week before so he's, he's a big dude um and he, and he shovels down a lot of food now when joe first came to me he told me what his goals were um, and to get there I said to him right okay I think he needed to bring up his rear shot particularly his glutes and hams his adductors to bring his more balance to his physique now I looked at the split he was doing and he was training five days out of seven and he was telling me he was just absolutely fucked all the time um, his strength was stolen a little bit 
he was deadlifting the day before he trained legs and I was like whoa 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 that's that's not what we want so we, I kind of knew like right upper body um, for Joe was fine I was like I can we can you can train that once a week it'll still grow the rate of growth will be a little bit slower than if he trains legs a couple times across the week but I was like I want to be strategic with his split and I want to see if I can still get him to deadlift or pull from the floor on a pool day and still train legs twice a week. So what it meant was uh, some pretty smart programming. So what we done was we gave him a day off the day before he, he trained pool. Now on pool it was a combination of uh, pulling stiff legs off the floor and RDLs week to week. Then thereafter we gave him a day off um, because he would then come in after that, after that day and train legs. So it kind of went off, pool, off, Lower, now lower absolutely buried him, so he needed a day off after that. So we gave him a day off. So there's four days, two of which he's been on, two of which he's been off. It then got to, so let's say Monday off, Tuesday pool, Wednesday off, Thursday lower, Friday off, then gets to Saturday. Saturday is where he's going to train his push session, so quite you know, low impact on the CNS. Um, and then on the Sunday, go into a lower session again. And then that would that was it, that's what we ran for uh, an incredibly long period of time and it's only really now having run that are we at a point where we're thinking about switching it up but what it's done uh, number one he said to me Avon I need Wednesdays off because I, I pick my pick my boy up from nursery I said cool man we could we could have that off so that was one of the absolutes that we we had to have off thereafter it was about looking at right what day really fries his central nervous system Someone's listening to this and they've went, what the fuck do you mean fries the central nervous system bomb? So what I mean by that is when we do some quite big heavy lifts, you know, I'm talking the moves that incorporate a lot of muscle groups, they're doing loads of weight, so the hack squats, the, the hip hinges, the pulls from the floor, the squatting patterns, the leg presses, that requires a lot of energy production that our body needs to produce, right? Which comes from muscles, but the thing that tells our muscles to contract is our brain, our brain sending nerve impulses, sending signals to the muscle to contract. So they, they pass through our central nervous system, the brain, spinal cords, and all the nerves that innervate the muscles in between. So that sending the signal, that can build up a sense of fatigue and by which we, we feel tired, we feel exhausted, we feel like we can't contract quite as much, we can't send the signal quite as well, we can't contract quite as well. So what I'm getting at is that the demands, that, like the demands of the, the exercises that are... The biggest exercise place the largest demands on that. They cause us to be really fatigued and tired. So we're thinking like, right, we need some days off. Like I'm like, he's a strong fucker, all right? He's stiff-legging, 260 off the floor, beltless. He absolutely needed a day off for that. After that, absolutely needed a day off. And, and why? Why did I put pool, why did I put hip hinge on a pool day? I was trying to increase it for frequency that he was hitting his hamstrings and his glutes across the week. So he's hitting them on the pool day, he's hitting them on both lower days, right? Because lower days are a, com a combination. Uh, one's glute focused with a bit of quads, the other one's quad focused with a bit of glute, and vice versa, and adductors thrown in there. Um, and it worked incredibly well, incredibly well for a long period of time. And the only time we had to change it was, it was last week or two weeks ago, was when he got to that, say, 270, and he, then he was just at the point where, like, going for a brisk walk was giving him a lower back pump. So then... By the time he got round to training lower, even with the day off in between, his lower back was still toast. 
right? It was still fried. So then it was starting to affect his his lifts on legs. When it got to so, if you think scroll back to or scroll back to when I described the split he was doing across the week, he was training lower on a Sunday, having a day off on a Monday and then Tuesday training pool. When he got to that Tuesday session at training pool, his lower back was still fatigued from that lower session, right? From physically just being taxed, but also just being heavy. So you find that actually started regressing his pool session. So it's at this point we needed to be like, right, we need to be smart about this. So what we've done is we removed the hip hinge from the pool day. We put it into his gluten hamstring dominant leg day. Um, it meant changing things up a bit, putting in a different exercise. It was chest supported uh, row or some sort. We put in our prone row on the pool and then we put it on the gluten hamstring. We dropped, I uh, can't remember the life of the exercise we dropped now. But um, we dropped an exercise and what it meant was he was going into that gluten hamstring exercise much fresher. His other sex exercises in the uh, the rest of the session took a little bit of a hit because he's put a lot of energy into those hip hinges, those pulls. But we know in a few weeks' time that you'll build them back up and you'll be even bigger and stronger at the, that same that same weight on those other exercises. So moral of the story I'm getting at is that you know for months Joe only trained four times a week, and it was the biggest and strongest he'd, he'd, strongest he'd ever been. Why? Because we have given him a more time to recover. What you often find with the the bigger, more muscle, the really strong dudes, they have to train less. Why? Because they're really, really fucking strong. And I think it's it was often really overlooked by me years ago, but I often think, I still think it's really overlooked. If you've never been that strong before, you've never worked with someone that strong before, you just have no concept of why they need more recovery or why they can't train as frequently, or if, if they do, why they get injured. Um, but I would hand or heart say with like a lot of guys now, the bigger they are, like, when they come to me, I just strip their training, training volume back now. Now, I do have another client, um, say Will, who was running five days out of seven, but he was absolutely bursting and regressing. So with him, all we put in was an extra rest day across the week. After his lower sessions, I mean, he was running a five-day split over eight days. So for him, he was training uh, everything differently each week because it was over eight days, right? Now, you might be someone out there that's like, well, Vaughn, I, you know, like Joe, hey, Vaughn, i got to pick the kids up. I've got these commitments. I've got this job. I've got this. Well, if that's the case, then you would be able to get away with running a split like that. What you'd maybe get away with is this next one I'll describe um, with, again, the example I'm going to use, Joe. So with Joe, we kind of got to a point now where we're very close to recomping, just finishing off this gaining phase and pretty much finishing off adding the tissue the lower body that we need to have a more of an overall balanced physique but I'm now looking at him kind of going like right the time frame that we have left competing next year what do we need to bring up on like, right we need we got to bring up the top line and the density in that upper chest clavicular region you know it's a fancy word for saying upper chest but that's what we got to bring up for him to be lights out so I'm thinking right well I don't need him to train legs quite as much but I do need him to train a bit more uh, push a bit more now I kind of went well I don't need him to train more across the week. I said, but can we train more across the month? So before he used to always train push four times across the month. I said, how can I get a bit more? So I went, right, I'll keep the split exactly the same on week one, but week two, I'll make a change. So I'm just going to remind you of that split on week one. So Monday off, Tuesday pull, Wednesday off, Thursday was lower, Friday was off, Saturday push, Sunday lower. 
Week number two, here's the difference. Monday, off. Tuesday, push. Wednesday, off. Thursday, pull. Friday, off. Saturday, push. Sunday, lower. So across the two-week period, he trains push three times. He trains lower body three times. So before, he was training lower body four times. He's now training three before he was training push twice, he's now training it once. So across, uh, sorry, before he was training push once, he's now training it uh, twice across two weeks, so he's now training it three times. So across the period of a month, he's now training push six times, opposed to just the four. And that's enough. That is way enough for those big dudes to see some big leaps forward in, or for him, the big leap forward in the musculature of his chest based on that frequency. It doesn't matter that he's only got four sessions in each week. It doesn't matter that one week on the Tuesday he trained pull, then the next week on the Tuesday he trained push, or one week on the Thursday he trained lower, and then the following week he trains a pull. It doesn't matter. All that matters is, okay, is he able to progress the load on the bar in a timely fashion? It doesn't need to be every week, but every other week is the weight on the bar going up, is the reps at the same weight going up, or is he improving his connection, muscle fibre recruitment, at the same reps and the same load each week? If the answer is yes, keep it fucking rolling. Stop thinking about, okay, Monday's chest day, Tuesday's back day or whatever, and start thinking about and being smart with, okay, well, what you got to bring up? What doesn't need brought up? Maybe what do you need to prioritise, we need to effectively quote-unquote sacrifice and how how can you train over a couple of weeks how can you train over a month opposed to thinking oh it needs to be this over a seven day period because that was a mindset even for me like I don't know a year ago, a year and a half ago I was still, still in, in a, I, mean, I guess it was changing but I was still having this sort of like change of mindset about it and with Joe recently when we kind of when I started discussing the next phase of straight away I was like look we could do this over two weeks um, and he, he was all for it he was all for it, it was great now that's an example of a, of a bodybuilder right? some of you are maybe thinking about well, hey Vaughn, I'm a bikini girl I'm a figure girl or whatever um, I think that the same rules apply to everyone is that the stronger someone gets the more emphasis you have to place on recovery so uh, let's take a bikini girl of mine uh, she did very well internationally last year. Jade, big shout out if you're listening. Um, she did incredibly well as a junior, um, getting a top three and a top five in a pro collie, and her first time attempting pro collie is uh, unbelievable. So before we competed, and as we competed, she was training five days a week, and it was very much like a lower upper, lower off, uh, upper lower off split, and that's kind of how it worked. Now, when we finished the season, I think we both sat down and agreed. We were sitting at this uh, burger joint in Warsaw. Um, I can't for life me remember. Anyway, I was having a burger and chips, and Jade was having a coffee. <laughs> how, did, how does that work, right? Um, but yeah, she didn't want anything. And I sat there and I says, I, I, like, she got really well-capped and well-developed delts. But the thing that maybe perhaps could make her better is... is are increasing the size in her glutes so in her side shot it looks a bit more balanced um, and I think that's where we had maybe potentially got marked down or got beat was just that some girls had they didn't have bigger delts at all they just had 
they were more complete because they were more balanced because they had more size in their glute compared to their delt compared to what Jade had. So I tested Jade. Well, why don't we just have like let's train less days because I went we just have to sort of maintain your delts as they are. I says but we have gotta bring up your glutes, right? So opposed to she was like tagging on delts. I think it was like th they were in three or four times across the week. So we reduced that to just two. So I said, I was like, right, let's just have a four day split. We'll go lower, lower one, upper one, off, lower two, off, glutes and delts, off, back to the start, back to lower one. So of course, like as a bikini girl, loads of legs in there, loads of glutes, delts, adductors, really minimal quad work. The hardest session with lower two is the one that's got the day off um, on either side. So that's effectively like what, two two on, one off, one on, one off, one on, one off, two on, one off. And, that, and that's kind of how, how she's run it. And again, to vouch for her um, at this point, again, we know she finished competing, uh, I think it was September or October. Um, and has been in an off season ever since. It's the most muscle she's ever been. It's the strongest she's ever been. Um, you know, she's, she's deadlifting, you know, three figures off the floor. Um, for a bikini girl, that's, that's fucking impressive. Um, and again, the reason she's able to do that is because we place so much emphasis on recovery. Now, what this podcast is not meant to do is it's not meant to then tell everyone that's listening to go away and only train four days. It's not telling everyone listening that you must do a split over the course of two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, you must train different days each week. All it is, is to give you a little bit of a different thought process to come away from that kind of, it's not a social norm, but I feel like it's something that is because it was it was something that I had always been ingrained in my mind, like, oh, well, you got to train five days and like you heard of the pros, but they're really, really fucking big guys that are almost turning pro training four days and you kind of went oh yeah but that's why they get away with it and they're so big blah 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 but just in uh, in practice I've just found a lot of success with it and the the longer that my career in this industry goes on I think the more refined um, I get with my processes and the more refined I get with my uh, my programming if, you know, like any young coach out there, at the start of your journey, like a, a lot of my programs at the start looked exactly the same, right? For guys, it was like push, pull, legs, um, off, upper, lower, off. And then that was it. There was very little in between. And But then as time goes on, you just start like kind of looking at someone's physique. And, and the first thing, whatever they are in the journey, someone's like really fucking skinny. They just have to grow everywhere, Right probably got to train five days a week and it'll, they'll grow immensely and they'll get really strong off of it. But as people become more and more seasoned competitors, you then have to start to think about balance, right? Because one of the first things that people will get judged on on stage, before anything else, before their conditioning or whatever, before their presentation is, how balanced are they? So is the upper body matching the lower body? Um, for example, like in guys, is there chest and delts and arms, uh, similar sort of size to what their glutes, hamstrings and their quads are showing us. 
Um, for females, it's a case of like, right, are, uh, is there glute, hamstrings, adductor, um, matching what we're kind of seeing up top, that cap on that delt, or if there is a little bit imbalance there, if one, you know, people are top heavy or bottom heavy, it's noted. Now, what judges are looking for is they're looking for like the perfect physique that fits a certain category, and, and what, what they do is they judge your, your physique against that against say someone else's so thinking like right let's say you're top heavy right the next person you compete with is balanced well they've beat you already in that in that section of judging then goes on to overall muscularity conditioning symmetry presentation etc etc but the number one thing that you got to bring to the stage is is balance and that's what i want that's what i'd like you to take home from this podcast is that's what the thought thought process should be with programming with bodybuilding, right? If you're listening to this and you're a powerlifter or you're like a hybrid athlete or strength conditioning coach or whatever, you program however you want. But take it from someone that's put almost 50 people on stage, it's got over 100 top threes and almost 50 wins. Um, as, as time goes on, you, you have to get more refined with your, your, your programming Otherwise, your athletes are not going to get better. And by that, I mean, yeah, each year you can still get some wins and, and some top threes and whatnot, but if you think about just, like, your progression and your career, well, each year you want to produce uh, even better athletes and get better results for them um, to improve your standpoint or stamp of authority in the, in, in the industry, blah, 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 blah. Um, and you want to get better. And how you get better is you, you start looking at things logically, you start looking at things a little bit outside the box. And, and that all starts with, right, well, coach the individual, right? So just like you'd prep someone and you'd coach, you know, like you'd give someone a bit more, maybe someone needs a bit more support emotionally than someone else or whatever, how you speak and how you coach them. Maybe some you're a bit more stern, some you're a bit more laid back, whatever. Same with programming, like you just have to think. And then you have to be like reactive. So... For example, like the example I gave with Joe, as time went on, it got to the end of his gaining phase, it was like, Vaughn, my lower back's not recovered from hip hinges on pools. Like, right, be reactive, right, straight away, let's change it, let's do this. Try the next week, how did I feel? Much better. Weight got back up to here, blah, blah, right, cool. Superb. It's not a case of just starting a program and then leaving it there. Of course, that'll work for a long period of time, but you always must get feedback from your athletes on, right, okay, has thing have things stalled for two or three weeks if they have right that's got to change that move that tempo that intent that exercise whatever it is you can't just fucking you know beat your head against the wall or you can't just keep doing the same thing and expect to get a different result um but yeah i feel like i'm going a little bit off the beaten path here um away from the the whole idea um or the, the episode and what i will say is by the time by the time this goes live, I suppose we'll have already done. Uh, we've already done a. We've already done a competition in which you could have won some complete strength vouchers. Um, we will. I will be doing more of them in, in the months to come. So please just do keep an eye on the Instagram page, and all it'll be is a roughly every sort of say six to eight weeks. There'll be a, a giveaway in which you'll be able to win say a hundred pound of complete strength vouchers or. Or whatever it is and so you may have missed the trick on that one if you've just discovered this podcast you've just discovered prep coach uk and um, maybe you're just tuning in you may have missed out 
if you have just found the podcast you and you've maybe wondered, well, I'm going back to these other episodes and it's video physique. Who's the, who's this video physique guy? That's still me. It's just that we have rebranded, um, and uh, it's been amazing. Like the the response from the industry, the response from uh, my clients. Um, it's been so heartwarming, and uh, honestly, thank you to every everyone out there. There's a few people actually commented on the 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 post that I put out the rebrand saying they listen to this podcast and they have done for years and like that in itself is 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 just so so touching as well because at times I honestly forget I do this, I record it once a week, I schedule it and then I forget about it. And then when I talk to someone and they say, Oh yeah, I've been listening for three years, I'm like, shit man, like that's me sitting in sitting in my office just speaking to the speaking to the fucking uh, the microphone and someone's tuning in. Um, so just a massive thank you um, to everyone that's listening and a massive thank you to everyone for supporting the the, the rebrand um, and the launch of that brand uh, this past week. So I'm going to leave it there, guys. Uh, any questions on programming, just drop me a DM. If you are looking to compete this season or next, remember, we do have spaces on the team. We would love you to be part of it. All you've got to do is either go on prepcoachuk.com um, or head over to my Instagram, which is prepcoachuk underscore. Um, hit the link in my bio and hit the inquiry form and then submit that and I'll go back to you and you can arrange a free consultation. If not guys, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.